Hey guys. Can you guys hear me all right? Welcome aboard everyone. We'll get started here in just a minute. Let me uh, make one change here real quick. Nick. Joshua Valor. You guys know Josh? He reviews headphones. <laughs> Coming in a little hot. Okay. Back it down by like 5 dB or so. <laughs> Liquid Amber. I'm watching you, Joshua, Mr. Headphone Guy. <laughs> hey, Josh, it's been a while since we've chatted about uh, headphones. Anything, uh, anything new on the horizon? Anything cool that uh, we should be paying attention to? California. Hey, Pete. Is uh is California still on lockdown? Today's officially the first day where um, Arizona you can go out and do things again, which is pretty interesting. I just sold my Vandersteen, so I'm looking to order some M3 Sapphires. This should be a good conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, those... This will be a good conversation. I'm glad you decided to join us. What I hope to do is... Levels are good now. Okay, yeah, it takes me a little while to kind of get settled in and figure things out, and I've done enough of these to where I should be able to tell just by how things sound to me that it should be fine on your end. So, anyways. Um, anyhow, uh, yeah, I was thinking... might be kind of cool if I utilize... Frequency Friday, at least for this week, uh, to talk about the M3 Sapphires, uh, seeing that a lot of people are really interested in those speakers, and I'm hoping that I might be able to, you know, help out those that have questions and even share with you some early impressions. I have, let me get my notes, hold on. I've been, uh, oh, excuse me, I've been keeping track, and I'm at... See here, find the folder. 62 hours of listening time on those guys. So, yeah, we're cruising. Um, couldn't tell by the amount of traffic today. Yeah, yeah, no fun. <laughs> Martin, in VU meters, I trust. Yeah, I wish this thing had VU meters. I mean, it's uh, an electronic display, but yeah. I love uh I love VU meters as well, my friend. No doubt about that. <laughs> Cactus and kindness, that's my wife. She says 62 hours of PJ masks, which is maybe true. 
PJ Mass has never sounded so good. <laughs> it's actually, um, it's kind of brilliant. Um, a great way that I've been able to kind of break in speakers these days is just leave them on pretty much all day. And <laughs> George is watching like all of her shows and stuff like that. And so, yeah, great way to break in speakers. PJ Masks, highly recommended. <laughs> Here in Clovis, California, a little conservative town in this demo state. I've been living like normal for all two days. Laugh out loud. That's funny. So, Justin, I have a question for you. Which, um, you know, I've never heard of Vandersteen speaker. I mean, I... That's not true. I've heard them at the shows, like some of their flagships and stuff like that. But if we're talking about the Vandersteens that put Vandersteen on the map, like what they're known for, I haven't heard any of their stuff. So I'm kind of curious what um, what do you what do you have? What are you rocking? What did you what did you sell? <laughs> All the six. Oh man, Josh, you, you know this is. <laughs> So Josh, Josh says, all the thumbnails in your past six videos line up almost perfectly, almost, because he knows how crazy I am. <laughs> I've already noticed. I'm like, dang it, not quite perfect. <laughs> so a lot of you guys, you know, unless you've watched everything that I've ever done, and I certainly don't expect that, you may or may not know this, but yeah, this looks like a studio. It, it is a studio. This was actually the brainchild of my wife, uh, Cactus and Kindness. Subscribe to her channel. And um, she she was like, hey, why don't you just do like a studio in the bedroom? And then that way you can just come in here and turn on the camera and then you're ready to rock and roll. And um, so I, it's funny, um, like when Clayton came over, <laughs> when Clayton came over and he saw this, he's like, oh, so that's it, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, all right. So I guess... <laughs> It was it was such a hilarious reaction and I was expecting it, but it's rather small. I'm, I mean, <laughs> if you guys knew how short of a stool that I'm sitting on, I think you guys would just be laughing. But anyhow, super funny. Um, every time that I set up the rig, set up my tripod, I try to line everything up perfectly and I have all these great lines to work with. But as Joshua pointed out, it's almost perfect, <laughs> but it's not perfect. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Trio CTs could never get them to not be harsh in the upper mid-range. Probably not the speaker's fault. I've had them for two years, and it's time to move on. Okay, well, I can answer you this question immediately. Uh, I don't think that the upper mid-range on the M3 Sapphires is harsh at all. Let me be clear on that whatsoever. And that is something that drives me crazy. So I'm very sensitive in those upper mid-range frequencies, and those typically uh, bother me. So... If that is something you're concerned about, I have good news for you because I listen to a lot of stuff that is going to be 
upper mid-range centric electric guitars rock stuff like that and um these do not do not sound harsh they're incredibly revealing but they're certainly not harsh so there's nothing that's popping out and you know shining a flashlight in your eyes in the upper mid-range you know from what i can tell so far hopefully that's helpful can you talk about how about the m5s and how they compare they are smaller and will be easier to get the mrs approval along with the lower price tag yes i can talk about it because i asked uh clayton about those extensively it's identical in so many ways so you have the exact same tweeter mid-range the exact same woofer what you're missing is the lowest woofer and that lowest woofer is crossed over at 90 hertz and it's essentially giving you around 6 db more output in the lower frequencies here's the deal i've actually messed around with unplugging it to see if i can get a rough idea of what you guys might be experiencing with the little brother and there's more bass than i would ever want so i would have a feeling that you're going to be just fine um that lowest woofer it is certainly helping give you just a little bit more I don't know how to say it, a little more balls. Like, yeah, okay, we got bass with extreme confidence, but honestly, without it, especially depending on the size of the room, I think you're going to be just fine. That's my opinion. Anyways, so. Uh, what's my view on digital room correction? Uh, Vim Diesel, um, I, I have not been a big fan at all with digital room correction for a very long time until I did the review of the NADM 10, which comes with Dirac. And that's just a type of flavor of room correction. And I think they are actually doing it different than some of their competitors, the way that they're actually figuring out their algorithm. And I'm not going to dive into that, but what I will tell you is room correction can be a tool that we can use. And I think that depending on how you use it, it's going to be great or it's going to be not so great. And what I mean by that is that with Dirac, you have the ability to set up curtains and then you can just focus the room correction on specific frequencies. So in my room and in a lot of rooms, you might have base issues. You might have issues below a certain frequency and you can set up a curtain that says, hey, I only want you to fix just the base frequencies down here and leave everything else alone. That's what I use it for in my room. Um, whenever I'm using the NADM 10 and it works wonders and I really like it. Another cool thing is that not only are you getting uh, like a more linear response in the bass, but I've noticed that with every speaker that I've ever corrected with it, I'm actually able to extend the, uh, the, the lowest frequencies down even lower, which is really cool. So there's that. Uh, the Steens flagships are amazing. Little ringing in ear after hearing them, but great sounding loud though. Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine that. And, um, you know, at the shows, they don't play anything crazy, crazy loud, but I've heard some of the flagship stuff and, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's got scale. There's no doubt about that. Um, so I can, I can see that's probably a, definitely a true statement. I would agree with you. 
The VC2Es are a quality entry into high-end box list, detailed imaging, base is light. That's awesome. Uh, Justin Loving, uh, that's great news. I listen to a lot of poorly recorded rocks, so I'm hoping the M3 Sapphires will solve the upper mid-range and largely base issues in my 12 by 12 room. Oh my goodness sakes, yes. So um, in my previous home, my family slash listening room, it was actually 12 by 13. So very similar to what you're dealing with right there. And if I was to go back in time and tell you what I thought about the original M3s, different woofers, but similar configuration. The base in that room was bananas. I mean, it was very, very good. It was tight. It was clear. It was articulate. And it was one of the standout things with the original M3s. So knowing the refinement with the woofers on the Sapphires, and they are better, definitely better, no doubt about it. In every category, they're better. Um, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be a happy camper. And um, yeah, I, I have no horse in this race. I'm just a reviewer. I haven't been paid to say anything about the Sapphires. I will tell you guys exactly what I think about these, you know, when it comes time to review them. But when it comes to base, I noticed it immediately. And I was like, dude, the base on these is, it's very, very good. So that's my opinion so far. And that's the truth. Can you discuss which you prefer and why you would use one over the other, AVO versus Ecstatic? I've never heard the Ecstatics. Um, the AVOs are such a great, they're such a great speaker for so many people that are getting into hi-fi that are cool with the idea of do-it-yourself because they're easy to build and... Um, what I think they do is they kind of force you to hear things differently, but in a good way. That's the best way I can put it. And I haven't been able to express this as well as I would like, but a lot of, a lot of folks out there that are getting into hi-fi, and some of you guys might or might not know this, but they buy their speakers and they put them up against the wall because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And then they, look in the manual and they see, okay, equilateral triangles. So they kind of do the best they can within their arrangement and they start playing their speakers. And sometimes it sounds good. And sometimes it's like soundstage. What the heck is this guy talking about? There's no soundstage here. It's just everything is playing from the wall forward. And with the AVOs, you do need them at least three feet away from the wall. So let's not BS our way through this video. You gotta pull them away from the wall, but at even three feet, if you can pull them out even further, and they're not hard to move around, they're a relatively small speaker. Um, what happens is the way they throw a sound stage compared to any other speaker that is just a traditional speaker face forward is it throws it like into the room. The way that stuff is dancing in the room is it lends itself to like soundstage in a box and so that's why i love the avo so much and anybody that i've had over that doesn't know anything about hi-fi they've never experienced hi-fi when they hear those they kind of freak out like how, how like that's actually what they say those stuttering words is how is that what those two there's music everywhere and that's what the avos do 
So that's why I like them so much. I think they're a genuine sleeper in the GR research lineup. How do these compare to the GR research extreme or similar models? Yeah, I know that this is going to come up time and time again. And, um, you know, two different things. And what I mean by that is I think we need to peel back the layers a bit because I'm getting a lot of emails and a lot of messages that are saying, since I have the Oticas, right? Hey, man, you know, compare the Oticas to the uh, Sapphires. And it's like, well, you're already asking the wrong question because if you're going to compare just the Oticas to the Sapphires, well, the Sapphires would smoke them. Everybody's going to freak out like, what? Why would you say that? Well, because you're not asking the right question. You have to start with, do you mean the NXoticas with the H-frame open baffle subwoofers? Okay, well, now we can have the conversation. And even then, it's a rather complex conversation. So let me back up and explain this a little bit more. In my room, the NXoticas drop off at 50 hertz, like a rock. 50 hertz. So I'll ask you, do you want to listen to floor standing speakers that drop off at 50 Hertz? There's a lot of bookshelves that dig deeper than that for crying out loud. So with both the extremes, same thing with the extremes, same thing with the Oticas, you must understand that it is a system. It's part of a system. And the other part of that system is you now have to actually buy the H frame open baffle subs. You got to build those. And then you're still not done because then it's a matter of learning how to use that amplifier, that direct servo rhythmic amplifier. And let me be clear about this. That's not one of those amps that has volume, bass, and treble. There's a lot of stuff that you need to learn how to use, how to use it well to get that perfect blend of the sub to the speaker. So it is a kit. It is a system and it takes time to learn. So here's the way I see it. You go into an ice cream parlor, and this ice cream parlor is known for like some of the best ice cream that money can buy. And you say, hey, I want to try this ice cream. He's like, okay, cool. Here's a scoop. And you have your ice cream. You're like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great. That would be the Sapphires so far. Really, really good. Fantastic speaker. This is obviously not the review. I want to spend more time with them. But then he says, now, I also have another flavor that you might want to check out, but you got to go in the back and make it yourself. All the ingredients are back there, and off you go. When you start thinking about it like that, you, I think you begin to realize kind of a difficult comparison. You know, If you're like a do-it-yourself guy, then we can have that conversation. But if you've never built a speaker ever before and you just want to ask Ron which one is better, that's why I'm being long-winded and trying to answer this question because it's going to come up time and time again. And I want I want to be able to reference a video like this. It says, go listen to what I said there because I said everything I want to say, which is it's not a simple question. Like you really got to think this through. Like, okay, I see what Ron is saying. It's a kit. There's other stuff I got to buy. I got to learn how to use it. I got to set all that stuff up. Like when I pull out the Oticas, it's a chore. <laughs> like 
think about it. You have your amplifier that is then connected into the Anexotica, so you got speaker wires there, and then you have your uh, RCA jacks coming from the back of the amplifier into your plate amps, and then from those, those connect into the subwoofers, and then you're placing all of that stuff in the room. You have all these cables all over the floor. It's like, okay, after you set this up, you don't want to put anything away. You're like, this is amazing, and this is incredible, and it sounds unbelievable, but it's there's a lot to it. The Sapphires, on the other hand, is like kind of this panel that you can just plop down, plug in, and off you go to the races, and you have bass, great bass, confident bass, all the way down into the 30s. So long-winded. I did that intentionally because I knew this question would come up, and I want to be able to reference this video so I can help others and understand it's not that simple of a question. There's a lot that you need to think through before, you know, anyhow. All right. Uh, let's see here. X5 exceeded my expectations. Um, yeah. Uh, Clayton was chatting about the X series while he was here quite a bit. I have heard him at the shows, but obviously, as you know, at the shows, it's not my room. It's not... <laughs> They don't have a whole lot of room to breathe in a lot of those rooms, and so they sounded great. Um, but yeah, he was like, Man, those things they're a different beast. I mean, they can get crazy, crazy loud and they're super clean. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Uh, dipole speakers like the spatial and GR research do help the directional bass excites fewer room nodes. Martin, you're, you're always spot on, bro. Um, you're exactly right. So with dipole bass, there's a couple of things that we need to understand. And this pertains to both, um, the anexoticas and the spatials. And that is you have 90 degree horizontal off-axis cancellation. So to the side of the speakers, you do have cancellation and the issues that you're going to be experiencing are going to be minimal on the sides of the speakers. Now you will have, definitely have room mode issues and problems lengthwise. There's no doubt about that. So we're looking into the room where you have length. You're going to have problems there. And with... With the spatials, I think I've got a little bit of an issue around 50 hertz where things are starting to couple up a little bit. But I don't know about you guys. Whenever I have bass couple up lower, like getting lower even past 80, like let's say lower, lower, 60, 50, 40, 30, I don't mind it as much because it doesn't show up all the time, right? There's not a whole lot of music content down that low. And when it does, it sounds good. You know, like, oh, there's some there's some deep bass, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I would rather have it there than up higher, my two cents. And feel free to disagree with me. Totally okay. But uh, yeah, I think I think in in I, I got to do some official measurements, but I think I'm like six, six or seven dB higher at that frequency than where I would want to be to be more of a linear, you know, smoother response. So there's a bit of excitement around 50 Hertz with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, Sapphires in my room and certainly not the speaker's fault. It's my room. 
And I figured that out just by simply moving the speakers around. I could see that it was moving. So, yeah. All right. Um, will you be showing the M3 setup in your listening room, kind of like your older reviews, maybe some placement setup tips? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've been, um, you know, I recently posted in my community, every six months I have um, like a notification that's like, on my phone that just reminds me, stop and start thinking about what you're doing right now. Take a look at where your channel is at, how you do reviews, and start asking your questions. How can you improve? How can you make things better? And I asked a lot of you guys, and a lot of you guys gave me some great feedback and ideas and um, talked to some friends in the industry. They know who they are, and they gave me some great feedback. And I think that with the spatial review, knowing that it's going to be a bigger review, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of irons in the fire. I might do a perfect blend of old and new. We got some storytelling elements, which is kind of creative and fun, but I don't want it to be just that or focused on just that. So that's going to be a fun one. And yes, there will be a ton of beautiful footage of in the listening room. So I'm not just chatting for 36 minutes or however long that review is going to be here because that can be a little bit boring and you guys deserve more. So I'm going to give you more. The GR, uh, the GR stuff don't look good in a lot of living rooms. Spatials are made to look good and sound great. Obviously. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's going to come down to personal preference. Um, what I like about what I like about the spatial design is it's just so simple. And it's been kind of cool to go from the original M3s to the Sapphires in that seeing some of the small changes that he's done make a big difference just in terms of aesthetics. You know, you would think like, oh, come on, Ron, this is this is starting to sound silly. It's just like a board with some woofers in it. Like, what could he possibly do? But the truth is, is he's done a lot. If you take a look at, and I'll show you this with all the footage when I get to the review and you guys will see it with your own eyes, but the way that he has everything cleanly tucked in, all the you don't even see any wires. I mean, the wires plug into the driver and then they tuck right into the actual baffle. They go straight down. They're, there's nothing. It's just like a flat back back there. There's no wires you, that you can visibly see. It's so clean looking. And then when you get down to the very bottom where the crossover is, the crossover is housed in this. I think he said it's a an aluminum enclosure. And there's this cool speak on connector that has this lock on the back. And it's just these wires just come down from the very bottom and just snap right in and lock. And it's like, man, you've really tightened things up. Like this is just so clean. Whereas, you know, to your point, the NXoticas could be cleaner looking, right? I mean, I did a pretty good job. And when I get around to doing that review, you guys will see how I did it. But if you take a look at the back, like you can see all the wires and everything connected together. And then you have, you know, Danny's no res. And depending on how good you are at cutting that no res, it's going to look good or it's going to look do it yourself, you know? So aesthetics matter and you have to think about those things. And, you know, you gotta see what I mean. You see what I'm seeing? You can see I'm. it's not that I'm hesitating of telling you which one sounds different or do I like 
you know, one aspect of one speaker more than the other. No, no, no. I'm not hesitating on any of that. It's just that make sure you know what you're asking before you ask, because man, the NX is, that's not a beginner's build. I mean, I'm shocked that mine turned. <laughs> I can't put up an Ikea shelf for crying out loud. And it's like, wow, I actually built speakers and they don't look terrible. So yeah. Anywho. Audiophilia is an actual disease. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Man, you know, it's it's a cruel mistress, isn't it? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, like you see all those memes about, you know, the husband and the wife or, you know, the couple laying in bed and, you know, she thinks that he's mad and he's thinking about something and there's always just like a funny thing. I think every audiophile can see that and go, this is like in the mind of an audiophile. Like, I, you know, my wife is just like, what are you, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, hi-fi. <laughs> Always. All, why didn't I try that speaker position? Why didn't I move it out just another foot? Why didn't I move it to the, you know, to the right, just one inch? Why didn't I do that? I got to try that again tomorrow. <laughs> it, it won't stop. It won't stop. <laughs> What's your favorite color? My guess is red. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, would be okay to make your room tour for the office filming space. You killed it with the new layout, and it looks great in the background. Uh, thank you. Um, red is not my favorite color, believe it or not. Um, red has just been a part of, like, new record day um, from the very beginning. You know, started it with even my website that I built, and then kind of just with the old panels that I got from GIK that I had in the corners, I picked red for some weird reason, like, yeah, you know, red will pop. And, um, you know, call it branding. Not my favorite color. Uh, my favorite color is brown. Um, I absolutely love Maggie 1.7s. I was settled on going with GR open baffle subs. Now I'm exploring the spatial and the, and, the few of the GR uh, GR speakers just wish we had a place to sample them. Yeah, you know, and that oh, COVID nineteen. You know, um, if you can get down to Danny's, you know, he's in Texas. His door is open. You know, he has people that visit all the time, and you can, you know, hear his offerings. I wish that there were shows going on so you could hear the spatials. Um, yeah, kind of a. Kind of a sucky time right now. Uh, if you want to fly down here and check them out, I have no problem with that. Just don't be a weirdo, you know? So, yeah. Um, let's see here. I missed your old school review style, the storytelling kind. Um, so do I, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been thinking about that, reminiscing. You know, it's like... Um, when I started New Record Day, I, I, I didn't. I saw what was out there so far, and there wasn't a lot out there when I started. And it was folks doing their best, but ultimately doing what I'm doing right now, which is set up a camera and then talk into the camera. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, if I'm going to reach people, like really reach people, and make this kind of fun and interesting and engaging. It can't be that, 
And so I started going in the direction of what a lot of people know is the old new record day, which is kind of the storytelling type format. And, uh, you going to bed, sweetie? And, um, that style, um, it was kind of, it was unique because nobody was doing it quite like that. And I'm thinking about somehow blending that back in, but even doing it better than I used to, because I've learned a lot since then. And I'm thinking maybe I can combine both. Maybe it doesn't have to be either, or maybe I can write a line of a little bit of both. We'll see how it goes. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking this through right now. So thank you. Vinyl Guru. Hey, guys. Um, whatever you're doing is less important than subscribing to Vinyl Guru. Um, you know, unlike a lot of us knuckleheads, she actually talks about music. <laughs> like you would, you would think we would talk about music more. <laughs> um, yeah, no, in all honesty, and thank you. Uh, thank you. That is very kind of you to say. I really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, guys, you know, it's so funny that YouTubers are kind of put in this position of like asking for a subs like subscribe, you know, subscribe. It's like, is it really that hard to go and click on a button and just support somebody that loves hi-fi and audio? Go support Vinyl Guru. Do it. I dare you. What was it? A double dog dare you. Um, ecstatic speaker amp pairing. Again, I, I don't know about the ecstatics. Uh, I haven't heard the ecstatics. I haven't messed with them. I don't know much about those. I do think they're relatively sensitive, so you should be able to pair them up with lower wattage amps without too much trouble. But if you want to know the facts, then you can email Danny, info at GR Research, and he'll be able to help you out. How do you like QED anniversary silver cables? Never heard them. What if I had the M3 Sapphires with the GR Research H-frame subs for the bottom octave? Justin, you could do that. I don't know if you would need to do that. And the reason why I say that is I have the H-Frame open baffle subs here and I haven't even had the desire to use them with the Sapphires, not once. And that's the honest to goodness truth because I'm getting all of the bass that I could ever want, deep, powerful, meaningful bass. But if you're the type of audiophile, <laughs> and there's, you know, it's funny that this hasn't actually happened to me yet is that as soon as you, you know, lay down and go to bed, you're thinking like, Mm, I just, I wonder what 14 Hertz is going to sound like, <laughs> you know, or 16 Hertz, then I'm never going to tell you not to get the H frames because those things are incredible, but do you need them? No, you, I don't think that you need them for sure. I don't think you need them. Joe Lyman says, uh, Shameless self-promotion, unemployed, and willing to do free CAD work. Hey, Joe. I'll let that pass. Hey, if you guys need CAD work done, Joe, help a brother out. Um, 
You can get dipole base using multiple sealed subs for your multi-channel guys who benefit from real base management. Two-channel systems do not provide a way to delay the main speaker's number one problem. You know, I, I don't I don't know about that, and I'm not challenging you. I actually don't know about that. I I've never messed with multiple seals, sealed subs and base management stuff like that. So you very well could be right. I, I don't know. So thank you for chiming in. Um, Emotiva XPA 2 Gen 3 versus IOTA um, SA3 and IOTA PA3 combo for ecstatic speakers. You know, I've never heard the uh, Emotiva stuff myself, um, not like in-house. I, I recently reached out to them to do some reviews for them, and that's greenlit. So I will be able to get my hands on some of their gear, starting with their speakers, and um, I'll be able to tell you exactly how I feel about it you know, relatively soon. The SA3 and the PA3 combo is pretty darn special, especially for the price. It's bonkers how good the top end is on the SA3. It just, I don't know about you guys, but it seems to me like a lot of the cheap amps, that's where they just fall flat on their face. When it comes to top end symbols, typically... Something is wonky. Something just sounds off. And with the SA3, no sir, buckaroo. It actually sounds really natural and clean and detailed and airy and extended. So I would imagine it would be a fantastic pairing with those ecstatics, I would imagine. Hey, cool, for XO2. I just bought a pair of XLS Encores today. One of my favorite all-time do-it-yourself bookshelf speakers, hands down. And that is a great speaker to get started with. Uh, real easy to build. So congrats. That's really cool. If you remember, when you're done building them, send me a picture. I want to see them. So yeah, I'd love to check them out. Uh, how deep is the stand on the back of the spatials? Mine will be pushed against the walls when it's not in use. How close to the wall can you get them? I'll go find out. I'll go measure them for you right now. I'll be right back. Fourteen inches. So the question was, uh, how deep is the stand on the back of the spatials? Um, you know, from from the baffle, and it's fourteen inches. So that gives you an idea. Uh, the album jackets behind you uh, were the jackets in good condition and the vinyl in bad shape. No, they're they're all in good condition. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the jackets are a little bit beat up, and the reason why is on the back of every single one of these frames, I have duct tape because I'm crazy, because <laughs> I'm crazy, and I line everything up perfectly, and so the duct tape helps keep it centered. But when my wife does Cactus and Kindness, her channel, um, I take these down, and when I couple them up together again, I forget the duct tape is there, and then 
we end up with little markings and stuff like that. I think maybe that's what you see. I can't really see that. I don't know if that's what you're looking at, but no, they're they're all in good shape. Uh, just up ahead here, I saw that there was a uh, a troll or like a spammer, and I just removed them. So, uh, damn, the M3s are beautiful, but the 5G is a little steep for me. They are beautiful, for sure. Uh, Nick says, Ron, I'm really digging your channel. Just keep being you, bro. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Um... Roar the tiger. Go figure, but I'm guessing Ron would appreciate some more likes. Um, Ron, do you find there is a type of music that doesn't work well with open baffles such as EDM? No. No, I don't. I don't. You know, this is this is an interesting question. And it's a question that we should we should really answer right now and make it clear. Open baffle. Oh, that was that was a little crazy. Uh, open baffle. It's not. It's not a situation where it works for certain types of speakers when it's designed well, right? And this is true for any speaker. If the speaker is designed well, then it's going to work for any type of a speaker. And you know, I'm certainly no EDM junkie, and I'm not going to pretend to be. But my wife listens to a lot of hip hop and even rap and stuff like that, and she explores a lot of different music that I don't explore. And I'm always blown away by how good it sounds on open baffles. So when we start talking about some of the deep bass and some of the you know effects and things that you hear in that music, how clean it sounds, the start and stop type motion that you get with it is actually fantastic. So. My wife is, uh, <laughs> she's, <laughs> I've got a cameraman. Natalie is, oh no, oh no. <laughs> she's all smiles too. Um, it's her bedtime. So we're going to, like, we're, we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> to answer your question though, not for one second, do I think that open baffle is, the type of audiophile speaker that only works for certain types of music. And there's a lot of audiophile speakers out there. And to be perfectly frank with you, and I don't care who I offend, I'm somewhat allergic to those type of speakers these days. It's like, if that speaker can only do certain things, then guess what? That speaker's kind of broken. Like, it should be able to play anything. That's going to upset some people. <laughs> All right. Um... Clayton should bring back. Oh, hey there, Ellie. Hey, big boy. Hi, big boy. You want to hang out first? Oh, oh my goodness sakes. Oh. All right. Hashtag dad life. That's my microphone, buddy. Here. You want to say hi to everybody? Uh, Clayton should bring back the M4s, approximately $2,000, highly regarded. Give us a break. Uh, would like to try them. Yeah, you know, I. this is not in defense of Clayton at all. I'm just going to share my thoughts and how I felt about the original M3s when I got them. I actually remember telling Clayton, 
are you sure these are priced right? Because <laughs> I think you might be setting yourself up for some trouble down the road because these are very affordable, like holy cow affordable. And um, is that why they ended up being like the world's most popular open baffle? Probably. But was he making a ton of money on those speakers? I don't know. I'm not Clayton, but I know enough to know that probably not raking it in at that price point. <laughs> it's like, wow, you're like giving those things away. So whether that has something to do with it, I don't know. And my son does not want his passive. That's okay. Um, balance tube DAC, any ideas? I, I'm not sure what you mean there, Ed G. Um, I just got in a tube DAC from uh, Lampazator, and that this will be one of the first tube DACs that I've reviewed. I think it's I think it's actually officially the first tube DAC that I've reviewed, and uh, it's single ended. It, it is not balanced. No one seems to mention your use of the English language. You're an excellent writer, my friend. Uh, would you think that higher end transmission line speakers compared to open baffle? Uh, thank you. Um, that's crazy because uh, I, I don't feel like I write all that well. A lot of the stuff that, like, if you're talking about the scripts that I used to write um, for New Record Day, um, my wife, who's over there uh, trying to get our son to sleep, she's a superstar because she would edit everything and I would give her like a complete and total nightmare and then she would give me back a masterpiece I'm like well thank you this works well <laughs> so I owe it to my wife um in terms of of answering your question about transmission line speakers compared to open baffle I don't know I'm I haven't explored um, transmission line speakers myself. I've never had anything in here for review. So I, I'm just being humble and saying, I don't know. I don't know how they, there's going to be pros and cons to every design out there. And I'm sure that it's going to come down to, there's going to be pros and cons to those two designs. But for me, open baffle is magic. Uh, in 2020, do you recommend going turntable route? Yes, especially with the price and availability of records. I know that sucks. Um, I haven't seen any record stores in Tucson. Uh, we got another dude in here that is. Just blasting the messages. Real sorry about this, guys. Trying to get this all cleaned up. All right. Um, yeah, you know, the price of records sucks. Uh, there's only one way to say it. It sucks. Like, even when it started reaching the point of, you want me to pay 20 bucks for a record? Like, holy cow. And now, 30, 40. Like, that's insane. Like, that's completely crazy. So, I would say as long as you're still fine with digging in the used section, which that's where I gravitate to first, then, yeah, you, you should still consider a turntable. They're great. What, babe? No, it's not too loud. I got my noise get on. Um, switch off duct tape for Velcro. That, that is smart. Uh, thank you. That's a great suggestion. What is the timing of the S... Um, M, excuse me. 
what is the timing for the M3S review to wrap up? That's a good question. So what I decided to do with these sapphires is basically listen to everything that Clayton had to say about them, take it all into, into consideration. And there was one specific thing that we both noticed right out of the gate and he's noticed it before. And it is something that goes away, drifts away with breaking. And this is not, you know, look, we're going to get into the debate of, Actually, I'm not. I'm not going to get into the debate of is breaking a thing. Um, I'm going to give you my thoughts and my opinion. And it's okay if you have a different opinion. I absolutely think that speakers break in. And I think that depending on the speaker, it's going to be more noticeable than others. And anyhow, without getting long-winded, there was something that uh, Clayton pointed out. And he said, at such and such hours, this will go away. Totally. And it's not a real big deal. Um, there was just a little bit of dryness in the mid-range, a little bit. And the good news is I'm at, you know, 60 hours, as I mentioned before, and it's already gone. So I was thinking I was going to have to put in a minimum of 100 to 150 hours before that vanished. But here I am at 60 hours. And what I heard when we were around 30 hours in is not there anymore and so now it's just a matter of getting the rest of the gear for the review um this review is in part the brainchild of nicholas from lta shout out to uh to my homie nicholas he was like hey you should review this entire rig that were blowing minds at i think it was at capital audio fest or the florida show i can't remember what show but you need to check out the Z10 from LTA, so that's on its way soon. And you need to check out this Lampazator DAC, the Amber 3, which is already here. Just got it today. Totally soaked about that. You need to check out um, uh, anti-cables, which I've reviewed here on this channel, and the Sapphires, and plug everything in and do that. And so, um, thanks, Nicholas. <laughs> Like, uh, and I mean it like that was a really solid idea. If this was a room that was really blowing minds and I would like to hear what everybody was hearing. And that's kind of how this has all happened. So how long is this going to take? It's going to take as long as to get all the gear in here settled in. And then for me to start figuring out how does everything sound individually and how much is it affecting the Sapphires? and then tackle it that way. So this is going to be a monster review. This is going to cover a lot of ground. It'll probably be around seven or eight hours. <laughs> run, run time. No, no. Ron, what's your opinion about Pure Audio Project versus Spatial Audio? Which one has more bass? I don't know which one has more bass, and it might come down to the model. What's interesting about Pure Audio Project is, you know, if we have Danny's stuff from GR, which is, here, do it yourself. And then we have spatial audio, which is more of you plug these things in and you're ready to rock and roll. I feel like Pure Audio Project is somewhere in the middle between the two. Ugh, there's a gnat. Get out of here. <laughs> My wife is making fun of me. Um, and the reason why I say that is if you take a look at those, 
and again, this is going to be depend dependent on the model. You have these middle panels that you remove as a user and you change it out for a different one if you want to explore different mid-range options, you know? And so um, that's like that is really interesting. So that means that if you're taking out a horn and you're replacing it for a wideband, you know, driver, then that w I would think that the crossover changes. So then you're swapping out the crossover board for a different one. It seems to me like it almost seems a blend of it's ready to go, but kind of do it yourself in a way at the same time. So it's a cool concept. Um, yeah, but which one has more base? Which model are we talking about? I don't know. Hey, Todd, how you doing, man? Okay, cool. Uh, let's see here. Does the M3 give a life-size image similar to what the Maggies can do? Yes. If we're talking about uh, scale, that was one of the things that drew me in immediately is the scale of the music is really natural. It's, look, I mean, my room is, I'm lucky to have the room that I have. It's, 16 feet wide and 20 feet deep. And I have music in the room. I mean, it fills the room with music. No problem at all. Um, so yeah, life-size image, yes. Um, do I dare say this though? I think I do. If you're talking about something that I've noticed with Maggie's when it comes to vocals where... Sometimes the vocal sounds larger than life, if I may say so. I th I've noticed this with some, and it might be placement, it might be the types of, of Maggie's that I've heard, but it sounds larger than life. In my opinion, that's a little unnatural. I'm like, that. their mouth is the size of a football, for crying out loud. Holy cow. But if we're talking about just the scale of everything within the soundstage, then we got a good fight on our hands and those babies are no slouch at all. The M3s. Um, 10 four in the speaker that should play anything. It should be transparent and bring music to life in spite of genre and source. I completely agree. Uh, Ron, uh, which pure audio project compares to spatial audio Sapphire three? I don't know. I don't know. And that's my, you're asking kind of an impossible question. You know, it's like, well, which pure audio project has a mid-range tweeter that's playing from 575 hertz all the way up to 40K without a crossover? You know what I mean? And that's not even a dig at, at uh, pure audio project. I'm saying that that's really, that's kind of a tough one, man. I, I don't know. Can you describe a little what you mean by sounding like magic? Um, that was in reference to Open Baffle. Open Baffle, to me, when designed well, throws a soundstage that is realistic and lifelike, and the imaging is so precise and so clean and so um, coherent that you have a performance in the room. And not only that, but when we start talking about dynamics, so uh, dynamics in terms of speakers that can move air, 
the sap, these babies, oh, they move air. Like they move air, which is great. And I love that, that kind of, I mean, they're 15 inch freaking drivers, you know? So um, they do that. And then we start talking about something like the NX Auticas with my H-Frame Open Baffle subs. Well, now we're talking about four 12 inch subs. Oh, those move air. Oh yeah. When we start talking about dynamics with Open Baffle, it's about the speed, the agility, how quickly that it's able to play something, stop, and then play something else and stop. And it's just like always so quick. And when you start hearing this and then you go back to a traditional box speaker, you realize how much you've actually been missing because it's smeared where something is still playing and it doesn't have time to recover. And then the next note is kind of blurred and you, you're just not getting every little detail. And with open baffle, again, when it's designed well, man, like, holy smokes, they are as dynamic as a firecracker with a staging that has few rivals. And that's the magic of open baffle for me. Your show is excellent. Thanks uh, to you and your family and your efforts. Stay safe. John, thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. And you stay safe as well. Um, we'd be interested in hearing your recommendations of systems at different price levels. Okay. I can work on that. Um... Yeah, you know, as I as I reflect on New Record Day and the future of New Record Day, I think I can do a better job at that. And with my skills of web design, maybe it would be cool if I can start using my site, which is old and dusty and it hasn't been updated in forever. It'd be kind of interesting if I built out a page that kind of works in tandem with the reviews to where as I'm reviewing stuff, I can kind of categorize like how things actually sound to me and maybe how I would rate them or what I think they're great for. Maybe I'll do something like that. That might, you guys let me know. Let me know if that would be helpful. I've been thinking about that lately. Uh, to follow up with Mike, uh, Mike's question, would you consider a series of videos that you discuss products at different price points in your recommendations? Yes, I would consider that for sure. Uh, what are the top three speakers? What are top three speakers that look great? Does look influence the way uh, you would like a speaker? Yes. Um, you know, I've said this before, and I think I'm right. I think whether we want to believe it or not, I think that we actually hear with our eyes first. So we see something, and we've already started to decide whether or not we're going to like it based on what it looks like. That's not always the case, and sometimes when something is played back and it's the opposite of what you expected or what you thought, then that's completely broken and shattered. But when it goes along the lines of what you were thinking, I think that it's already emphasized by what you were looking at. Like, man, those look amazing. And then when they sound amazing, I think those two ideas kind of marry each other, you know, if you will. So looks are important. Um Top three speakers that look great to me. Oh, my goodness sakes. You know, I always thought 
And it's a shame because they went out of business and I never heard them, but is it Teal or Thiel? Jim Thiel? Jim, I think Jim was the guy that started those speakers. I always thought those looked so darn cool. You know, I mean, just insane, insanely cool looking speakers. There was something about that design, kind of that rounded top and something really clean about those that I really liked. Um, the big focals, the big monster focals that cost like as much as a few houses, you know, if you have that kind of money to spend, they're just like tidal waves. Those are crazy looking and they have all the individual sections on the speaker. I think those look really, really cool. Um, I'm trying to think, I can't think of a, you know, now what the heck, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of a third. I've got too many that are just, I'm, I, I, what you were just experiencing is me thinking through like, oh man, there, well, there's that one and there's that one and there's that one. And I don't know, but I'll, I'll go with this. Forget it. Screw it. The Bowers and Wilkins 802Ds, those, the la not this recent model, I feel like they actually got a little bit uglier. <laughs> well, sorry. But the previous model, the previous generation, there was something about that speaker that I was just like, man, those things look tough. <laughs> like, holy cow. All right, moving on. Uh, Gregory asked, Tecton Design have open baffle speaker that perhaps you should request. As for Maggie's, perhaps you can review the LRS since they share the approximate panel speaker design of the spatials. Um, yeah, I could do that. I didn't know that Tecton did open baffle. That's news to me. Um, Greg, let me know down below what model uh, Eric is doing. Angie says, hello, I'm devastated. Angie, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say there. Um, ooh, dang it. Gregory, ah, BMW Nautilus. See, there was one that I forgot. I totally forgot about the Nautilus. That is a crazy looking speaker. So, yeah, good point. Um, gorgeous. Uh, have you heard the Yamaha NS5000 speakers? Are you going to review them in the future? Um, I don't know. There is a rep that I was able to track down finally through Yamaha. I used to have one a while back and they left the company or something, but getting reps at big companies can be a little bit challenging, but I've got a new rep and the last email that he sent was, yeah, man, what do you want to review? So I think he's just waiting on me to be like, yeah, man, uh, Rick says I should check out the NS 5000s. And so maybe we'll make that happen. I'll let you know. Uh, OB Sigma is the open baffle. I thought, I thought that was like a design that he stopped doing. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, can you recommend a class A single amp for Golden Ear Triton reference? No, because I've never heard the Golden Ear Triton reference. So I don't want to BS. I don't like BSing with people. If I don't know the answer, then I'm not going to BS with you. Um If I remember correctly, and I think it's the way with a lot of the golden ears, um, which I have heard, 
is they are pretty sensitive. And I would imagine that if you're just saying, can you give me a rough idea based on specs? 10 watts or more is probably what you need to be looking at shopping for, you know. Uh, let's see here. Tubemon. Uh, can you detect any lower mid-range texture with large large driver with the M3? Great question. This is a brilliant question because when you understand, at least to a certain degree, understand what's going on with the Sapphires, you've got a tweeter mid-range that's playing down to, let's call it, just for conversation's sake, 600 hertz. And then right below that, you have a giant 15-inch driver on a second-order crossover that is then taking those frequencies down and below. And you, if you look at it, again, I think the audiophiles listen with their eyes first. If you look at it and you say, that's not going to work because how can these two blend together? Well, let me tell you there, Sally. Uh, that blew my mind. When I heard the sapphires, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that I was listening to a 15-inch driver in in all the positive ways. Like this voice, this vocal sounds really natural. It doesn't go from fan to holy cow, there's a big old giant monstrous, you know, woofer here and it doesn't sound that way. So what that leads me to believe is could be a couple of different things. Great integration of the crossovers, great textures between the drivers, meaning do we have complementary, you know, um, uh, materials in the driver? Are, are they blending in a way that is seamless and has Clayton worked on this to the point where we have a great blend between those two? And all of that comes down to the crossover point. All of that comes down to the phase relationship between where one driver is falling off into the other. All of those things really do matter. And based on what I'm hearing, I'm shocked at how clean everything actually sounds. I, it, it baffles me. Like if there was no 15 inch driver there and there was just a smaller driver, I would believe it until the bass hit. And then I'd be like, what kind of hoodoo voodoo is this? You know? So yeah, hopefully that helps. Uh, let's see here. Will you ever do some high end amp reviews and compare the average price stuff like, um, Dan Agostino, upper tier pass labs, constellation audio, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, New Record Day is, is always been, I think, a place where I can celebrate both. And I like to do that. I like to have, you know, some diversity on the channel where I can do the really high-end stuff and I can do, you know, stuff that is super affordable. And uh, yeah, I, I would look, if they're up to play, if they're watching this, I'll play. I'll play. I won't play nice. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would love to. Um, I tried sending you an email with some Nautilus inspired, uh, spherical speakers. Did you see it or what email should I send it to? I don't know if I, Hmm. 
I don't remember seeing that, Joe. Try it again. Send it to me again. Maybe I just, you know, skimmed over it and that does happen. I get a lot of emails. I mean, I can't tell you a lot of emails. So I might have accidentally skipped over it. Um, but it's Ron at New Record Day is where you want to send that. Have you ever played around with tube rolling? Heck yes, a lot of tube rolling. Any advice on resources for someone looking to get into tubes? I wish, I wish we had, let me put it to you like this. And this is coming from me playing guitar for like 20 plus years. I wish we had the same resources that guitar players have when it comes to tube rolling. I can, I can dig up five sites right now that would walk you through every single 12AX7, every single 12AU7, every single, you know, the list goes on and on and it will give you breakdowns of every single tube. I wish that somebody would build a database for audio files that's more along those lines. There are some good ones out there like Tube, De Tube Depot, excuse me. Um, I think that's one, Tube Depot. Ah, if you guys know the names, there's some out there that do some breakdowns but it's not it's like not even close to what a lot of the guitar guys have yep ob sigma is correct and eric has cut the price since they uh since they need to be pushed out eric wrote about his disappointment at nobody buying them laugh out loud interesting okay Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know. Nah, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I will. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Uh, what's your system now? Uh, my system is changing like daily <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I still have the Vinnie Rossi Leo and, um, you know, that, that has been a mainstay here at new record day for, oh my gosh, like Five years, four, five years, four or five years. Um, cables, I ex I mess around. Oh, hey, look at this. I just got the email about those uh, Nautilus-inspired speakers. Um, anyways, what's in my system now? It's changing all the time. I have been experimenting with cables lately. Ugh. You know... Cables are tricky, but, oh, I did get this email. I can't believe I didn't reply to you. I'm such a jerk. Yeah, these are crazy cool. These are really, really cool. I can't get over. Is this done with like a 3D printer? Is that what you did here, you crazy son of a gun? That These are awesome, like really well done. I don't know if I can. Let me see if I can pull this off. Give me a second. Isn't that slick? I dig it. Really cool, man. You did a great job. I love it. Um, my system is always changing. Uh, and I have a bunch of stuff that I own that I've been waiting to start experimenting with. I have a Dodd Audio uh, preamp that I blew up, which sucked. And now I got to fix it. And I figured out how to fix it. And so once that's fixed, that's going to go into the rig. Um I've got a bunch of other stuff that I'm playing around with. It's always changing. 
I've got the uh, uh, the classic is back on deck. You know, when it comes to turn, oh, pH nine point mod right pH nine point as well. Um, all of this stuff I've I've been wanting to mess around with lately, and uh, you know, I know that VPI is uh, you know, they're going with the prime now, which is a great table. It's a fantastic table, but you know, for me, the classic was. Man, what a table. I just kind of felt like that was like the bedrock, like the the foundation of VPI, the VPI classic, you know, and just a beautiful freaking turntable and reasonably priced. So I've been I've been spending on the classic lately and I've been having a blast. Uh let's see here. If you could give a scale for reviews, it would so help example how something competes with a price range or how it competes at no price consideration for actual perspective you know i'm gonna that's a i, I gotta think through that question i can't answer that on the spot because there's a lot to unpack um the word competes is challenging for me as a reviewer because i think i think what's problematic with reviews is a lot of folks want to hear me say this sucks or they want to hear me say I don't like it. And the truth is I don't think it should matter whether or not I like the product. I think what should matter is can I describe what the product sounds like? So it's less about competition because then it's like well which one do I think which one do I think is just better? Well that's going to be all of my bias. Every my ears, my room, how it, you know. So I think that a great reviewer is able to understand that. I mean, everybody has a bias whether they say they don't or not. They do. It's just what makes us human. But I think a great reviewer is able to say, okay, my bias is going to be a part of the review. I'm going to give my opinion. But at the same time, it's not going to be just my opinion and my opinion alone. I want to be able to describe how something sounds because then I'm doing the product justice. I'm celebrating it where it should be celebrated. And if I'm bringing up things that I think you should know before you hit the checkout button, then it helps everybody. So it's not about like competing or anything like that. I think it's just more about what does it do well and what are some of the consequences? No, you can keep it open. Yeah, thanks. Okay. If it's me crying, then come in quickly. <laughs> uh, let's see here those are boring question when is weed going to be legal in the south specifically texas because i need some weed tim i can't help you with that my friend i i don't know what to tell you <laughs> um so here we go. So a question uh, that George is asking, I already covered earlier, George, in the show. Um, we're about an hour and 15 minutes in. How does Sapphires hold up against your NXotica open baffle uh, sub setup? Maybe not so much in sound quality, but in the value you get in the do-it-yourself route. Well, there is tons of value to be had with the do-it-yourself route. There's no doubt about that. Obviously, you have to take into consideration do you value your time? And what does that mean in the long run? Um, you know, one thing with mine, I've been thinking about this lately. When I built my 
uh, in Exoticas, I didn't go with a professional finish, meaning I didn't pay somebody to do the finish. And what I ended up doing is I just did roller paint for the front of the baffle, which is white. I just bought just latex paint and I just used a roller brush and I just painted it white and I got enough coats on there until it looked good. And then I did all the sides with veneer and I glued that on uh, using a method that I'll talk about when I do that review. So you guys kind of know what you're getting into. And I've had them for a few years now and the paint looks less than stellar at this point. So it's, it's taken a toll. Every time I touch it, I get my hand on it. You know, it's like, you don't realize how dirty your hands are until you start touching the speakers and then you can't wipe it off. Like try to wipe it off and it just kind of gets smudgy. And then when it comes to the veneer, well, I did a good job, but I always have pieces that are starting to peel up a little bit. So I got to get out the iron and I got to iron it back down. I'm being long winded for a reason is in that if you decide to go the do it yourself route, are you going to be finishing them yourself or are you going to have them professionally done? Because I would imagine if I had them professionally painted like auto body type finish and have them look beautiful, that would have been a couple G's. I mean, no doubt easy, easy. I would be paying that much to do like everything, you know, including the, open baffle subs. So you got to work through that, you know, in terms of value. It's not just, okay, well, the value meaning you're just going to put them together and leave them as MDF. Nobody's going to do that. Let's be real. Nobody's going to do that. So you got to think that through a little bit. Don't say research or you're a fake lying poser. I'm not sure what that means. Um, OB Sigma have open baffle mid-range. They do sound really good. I'm currently using them. That's cool. Awesome. All right. I think I'm down to the bottom. Yeah. Holy cow. And we're an hour and 18 minutes in. Um, Yeah. I have a prime signature in Rosewood. Love it. Um, I, yeah, I did the setup video for the prime way back in the day. And it's been through quite a bit of quite a bit of revisions since I did that setup video and I love the the wood finishes that VPI is doing on those. I think they look awesome. Um, let's see here. Have you tried any of the new Grado cartridges? I haven't tried any new Grado cartridges in a long time. So the answer is no. Um, I think they have just updated uh, a bunch of their wood body carts. I haven't. So uh, Dynavector 20X2L, tried and true Dynavector. I, I've had it forever, and uh, yeah, that's been my guy. I also have a, uh, a Quintet Black, so yeah. Thanks, I'll have to rewind to check out the first response. Um, I'm nearing the end of my Enexotica triple open baffle build. I ended up teaching myself how to spray lacquer. Dude, George, I've actually done that before, and... Hats off to you, my friend. I mean, that's, I'll bet you've seen enough wet sanding to like, okay, I'm done with wet sanding. Holy cow. Uh, that is awesome. I'm, I'm genuinely like, wow, because that's a lot. That's a lot of work. (laughs) So mad props and respect. Um, I will tell you right now, George, you're going to love them. You're going to love them. They're a great sounding loudspeaker. And, there is, you know, there's something about 
doing all that work, setting everything up, pressing play, and everything working, not only working, but sounding amazing, man, you just can't help but be proud. Like, wow, look what I did. And every time I fire up the Anexoticas, that's exactly what I feel like. I did this, and these are awesome. They will rip off your head in a quick hurry. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Ron, why do your why do you wear your pants like that? How how do how do I wear my pants? That's an interesting question. Um, uh, how do I wear my pants? I'm not sure. <laughs> I wear my pants like you do. Why do you wear your pants like that? How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually wearing shorts right now. So what are you talking about? Um, what were the original spatials lacking compared to the sapphires? I would say top end refinement. They were a fun speaker, really fun, really ballsy, had kind of a, a, a rock and roll heart, if you will. It's like anything you played on there. It just was like, ah, it's, it, it just sinks its teeth in the music. And I really appreciated that. But this top end is closer to what I've heard in speakers that are much more expensive, where it is refined and you have clarity and you have you have details past the fundamentals. So we're not we're not talking about just the top end. We're talking about things that happen in that region. So you have like the symbol hit. You have the attack of the symbol hit, and then you have everything that happens after and how that is affecting the room, meaning the room that it was recorded in. And hearing that kind of precision, that level of accuracy, the shimmer, if you will, the brilliance, um, the sapphires do that. And I don't remember the original M3s being able to do that. And if they did, nowhere near what I'm hearing with the Sapphires. This is a more refined top-end extension, for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, oh, how funny. My wife is going to actually laugh. That, so the guy that just mentioned that about wearing my pants, he says, clearly you don't know Easy e So that must be like an Easy e reference. My wife is more of the hip-hop chick. She... She doesn't know that particular reference. We're more from the East Coast, right? Are we East Coast rappers, honey? Um, <laughs> are you? Are, are. <laughs> yeah, I'm. 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 I'm gonna sound like an idiot now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I have a small room, PS Audio Direct Stream Player and DAC, uh, Transcendent Sound Preamp Modified, my own design, 300B and. Oh, wow, 300B amp and transparent ref reference cables. Tubemon, that is impressive. That is, wow, that is cool. I would I would love to build an amplifier at some point just to be able to be like, I did it. I built something that was harder than even putting together a speaker and a crossover, which that can be kind of challenging, but compared to an amp, oh my goodness sakes, that's really cool. Uh, Gregory, when are you going to review the XLS Encores? I'm waiting. Well, guess what, my friend? The XLS Encores, it is their time to shine. So this week is going to be all about the XLS Encores. 
this ne- next next week. So Tuesday we'll do the teardown, and then Thursday-ish, depending on when I get it done, Thursday, Friday, will be the review of the XLS Encores. Spoiler alert, next week is going to be about geo research. Uh, Ron, have you heard the TriArt open baffle speakers? No, I have not heard them. I've heard of them, and I regret to this day that when I was at Expona this last year, um, I walked by a room and I saw them. I was like, open baffle, got to check out that room. And I just got busy, and I never made it back to that room. So uh, I got to send them an email like, hey, I like open baffle. Send me speaker, and we'll see how that goes. Did you ever get to hear the M1s from Spatial Audio? No. Nope. Um, I'm waiting to buy or not a set of ELAC debut reference floor standards based on your review. Is it coming soon? Yes, Dan, it is coming soon. Um, Very soon. Dan, if you want to know if I think those speakers are fantastic, the answer is yes. They are fantastic. uh, At the asking price, the debut reference are brilliant and he did a phenomenal job with those if you want to get into specifics before the review is out by all means you can email me my phone number is on my website just go to newrecordday.com in the top left hand corner you can text me call me facebook message i'm happy to help you out man so yeah optimus optimus vader says hello brother hello optimus vader um Glad to know the sapphires have the top end refinement, which I agree was lacking in the original, lacking shimmer and energy and decay in the top end for the older model. Yeah, so we're hearing the same speakers. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a different animal. And that was the first thing that I was listening for. And it's within four seconds. Honestly, I was like, okay, we got a different animal on our hands. And when it comes to the refinement, top end refinement it's it's in a class that is way above the original m3s as good as the original m3s were it's just in a different class different league so all right guys hour and 27 minutes uh hour and a half my wife have been uh my wife man my brain is fried (laughs) officially my wife and i have been uh making our way through uh what is it Master Chef, we're on season four, five, season five. Don't don't you dare tell me who wins. So yeah, so we've been catching up on that. So that's kind of fun. Gonna go hang out with a lady. Um, see if we have any last minute questions. Now's your chance. You got me for like another minute or two. Fire away if you really need to know something. The M3 Turbo S were definitely not refined sounding speakers, so the new X and Sapphires are a welcome addition. Yeah, I mean, I've already said everything I want to say about sapphires. They're, if you're looking for refinement, then you're going to get that for sure. So, Gregory is say, uh, saying, Dave at David Q, build the do-it-yourself Hypex monoblock kit. I totally agree. One of my favorite class D amps of all time is the NC400. That build is ridiculously easy to do it's like plugging in like little 
are they calling Molex connectors, like plastic connectors? It's so simple. I don't even think you need to solder anything with that kit. So highly recommended. And uh, yeah. Who are you cheering for on Master Chef? You know, with season five, we're kind of like disconnected because they changed up the format a little bit. You know, like with all the other previous seasons, you kind of get to know people. They bring in their, you know, what's either going to be a great dish or a crappy dish. And, you know, like that whole thing. And it's kind of like you get to know them. Where with this, it's like they already have 30 chefs that are pretty good. And then they just start eliminate, elim eliminating people. And I'm like, I don't even know any of these people. So. You know, kind of weird, but yeah. Who's your personal favorite cook uh, for me? And it's interesting that this has never been brought up on my channel. Um, maybe one of the biggest personalities that has influenced me and like how I talk and how I do things is Alton Brown. Alton Brown is my favorite favorite cook of all time. I love Alton Brown. He's my homie. He, he's my homie, like as if I know him. Like, okay, guys, I'm gonna call Alton Brown as soon as I'm done. Like, come on, give me a break. What did you, what did we remind me? What did we make, dude? Guys, we made pasta from scratch. And here's the deal: you can make pasta from scratch without sam sam salmonella flour. You can, yeah, what my wife just said, but salmon salmon salmonella. You can do it with just regular old white flour simple unbelievable and it was good so yeah uh why did i leave daily hi-fi um i'll answer that question right now because there's nothing bad about that there's no like oh why did you dip out or whatever i just simply want to focus on my own channel i love those guys and i appreciate everything that happened with daily hi-fi uh you know, I didn't say this in my departure with them, and I'll say it now. I think a lot of the reason or a lot of the confidence that I had in doing this full time, it came from the confidence that I felt being part of Daily Hi-Fi. So I owe that to them for sure. And uh, those guys are great. So no weirdness or anything like that. I just, I really want to put all of my attention all of my focus into my channel and you guys. And now that I've been doing this and I think that it's working, it feels like it's working. I want to start mastering my craft again. I want to get back to doing a review that you don't expect. And when you watch it, you're like, whoa, okay, Ron's not playing games. And that's what I'm hoping to do. So, all right. Um, did you guys watch Chef John from Food Wishes? No. Mikey will check it out. You're doing a great job, bro. bro. <laughs> clearly. Clearly I am. Um, Chris, thank you. I do appreciate it. And my my brain is is dying. <laughs> it's it's time to go watch. It's time to go watch Chef Master. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you. Happy Frequency Friday. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next video. Take care. Good night. Be safe. Be well. Have fun. Open baffle rules.